Lit, lit, litty. I'll edit that part out. <laughs> no, please let that be, like, your intro. <laughs> Hey friends, my name is Marissa Dawn, and this is The Search for Truth. Okay, so here at our holy happy hour, what's your drink of choice, Liz? If it's not a beer, my dad makes wine in our basement, and it's just like the best because I can just go down there and have whatever I type of wine I want, and it's just always there. And I know it was made with love, so that's Ooh, even better. The most important ingredient. Yes. So, one of those two. Some Papa John Originals, or just, like, a good IPA. Ah, beautiful. We love it. Do you have a book you're really into right now? Let's see. I just finished reading The Goddess, because I'm going to be a missionary, so I have to learn how to fundraise. Oh, I'm reading this book by Father Casey, who's the chaplain at UGA. And um, it's called Called. It says, like, what happens after saying yes to Christ? And so there's, like, chapters about, like, answering the call and a chapter about prayer and a chapter about poverty. And it's just, like, really good. Um, So I'm reading that right now. And I'm also reading the Catechism. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm reading a bunch of different things right now. But I'd say that Called book is is a good read right now. Mm -hmm. I love you. I'm excited. I... (laughs) I love the catechism. Uh, this is the first time I've, like, read a chunk of the catechism, like, straight through. Like, I've always ever, always only, like, read a paragraph at a time or something. Um, but this is the first time I'm, like, reading it just to, like, learn and continue to learn, um, which is really good. Like, how does, how does the Lord speak to you? Um, yes. So... It's been so good lately. The Lord is just such a loving father. And I was recently placed to go to Arizona. So I'd have to move to Arizona uh, next month, which is crazy. I've never been to Arizona. I don't know anybody in Arizona. Um, I've only lived in Georgia. So it was just a huge move um, and just like a big change. I was really not expecting to go that far. Um, and was really, really freaked out about it at first. Um, and just kind of went to the chapel and I was like, ah. <laughs> um, and then after that, the Lord has really been showing me how there's family everywhere. I called Jessica and told her and her husband's cousin is the chaplain at the university I'm going to. Oh, and wow. I know. And just like this lady came up to me after mass one day and just asked my story and she's from Arizona. And it's just like everybody I tell them when Arizona, like they have family there. No um, way. Yeah, it's crazy. And so the Lord is just really going out of his way to show me that I also have family in Arizona and it's not as far as I think. And um, just that it's like, so providential that I'm being placed here and it's good it's so good I love that so much I I just love that you know nobody in Arizona and all of a sudden you get placed there and all these people come out of the woodwork exactly that's exactly what's happening yes the Lord is just going out of his way to show me that it's okay and like calm those like fears of being unknown and like unseen or like un- loved you know yeah um and just showing me that like no it's okay like it'll be okay I'm still here like I'm still here like in all these people yeah it's good Mm. so good that's amazing wow that makes me happy 
<laughs> okay, so d not to be <laughs> during this time, this weird time, this new normal, but in the in the time of quarantine, uh. <laughs> I, know, I know, like I kind of hate it for how cheesy it is, but I think the question on everyone's mind is how how are you still entering into prayer yeah does it does it look different or is it the same if it does look different what does it look like yeah such a good question i think it was like definitely really hard that drastic change between i mean me and you used to go to the chapel like all the time and then just not being able to go and be in the presence of our lord anymore um, and it was just like really frustrating as I was learning about all of this scripture and just learning about our Lord. And I was reading that book um, and it was talking about just like prayer is just being in the presence of Christ. And maybe there's a noise going on, but he also hears that noise and you're just together. And I was like, I can't be with him right now. And it was just like very frustrating. Um, and just like having to pray in different ways because, yeah, it was not very fruitful for me to be silent completely in that time um and just learning that there's different forms of prayer and it's still beautiful um and earlier today somebody asked me like what what was what is my most grateful for from the previous week mm -hmm. um and I was like the fact that masses open back up in my like home church the same day that training started um Ooh. Mm -hmm. the Lord knew that I would need a place just to like go and just be with him in the silence and like enter into that fully um and so he just made sure that those two aligned um, and that was my biggest blessing of the week, to have somewhere to go to pray and to start the morning off right every day. Um, it was definitely really good. So quarantine was difficult, but now it's just like providential opening back up and everything. Yeah, I think it was hard because it's, I feel like as a Catholic, it's just so drilled into you how essential the sacraments are mm -hmm. to prayer and especially with both of us being involved in focus in college, that's just one of the things that they push so much is to go to daily mass as much as you can and yeah. to carve out a routine by praying in the same place at the same time if you can. And so when you don't really have a routine anymore and then you also don't have the place you've always gotten to pray and yeah. also you don't have sacraments, I, I feel like it through... I know it threw me for a loop. I feel like at first when we were in Milledgeville, it was really hard. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really hard. Uh, and like just really discouraging at times because you go from this like perfect schedule of like, yeah, I do this every day. And then a wrench, wrench comes in and you're like, oh, I don't know how to pray in my home. <laughs> and it kind of just like humbles you and shows you the cracks that you can fill in. Cause like now, even though I have the sacrament to go to and like our Eucharistic Lord present to me like this is still an area of my life that I can work on so that like now that I'm aware of this crack I can work to fill it okay another question that I'm sure you've gotten so many times but please enlighten me us whoever will listen to this what made you want to be a focus missionary oh good <laughs> question um yeah so I actually went into college, chose my major um, after attending a mission trip 
and I really wanted to be a medical missionary. Um, I loved, like, the idea of healing people's bodies while also healing their souls, and just, like, the fact that the two of those could work together. Um, so I continued on that trail, um, was, like, looking into, like, going to South America and, like, going to Nicaragua and, like, all of these organizations where I could do medical missions and work as a nurse um, while also, like, working for a Catholic organization. Um, but then when I, like, took a step back and looked at my life, um, what really changed me was the people that were with me day to day and not the people, um, like, in when I, like, went to a far-off country and, like, served them. Uh, while that's good and beautiful, like, I know what changed my life was the fact that these people were here with me. Um, and I also just kind of ignored that as well. And I said, uh, focus. That's a stupid organization. I don't want to be a part of that. Um, because I think I was just, like, really frustrated. It seemed like it was just, like, the cool thing to do after college, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah stay in college some more just like hang out pull around campus play spike ball and I was like no like I don't want to do that. like I want to like serve and get dirty um and it then I like decided to apply just because the Lord kept putting it on my heart um and it was actually the weekend or the week right before I went to interview weekend I was in the hospital I don't know if I told you this story um uh, I was in the hospital and because I was a nursing student I had a clinical and um, there was a patient in front of me who was really sick, him and his wife. He was sick, and then his wife was with him. And he ended up passing away right in front of us, me and the nurse. Um, and in that moment, like, as a nurse, there was absolutely nothing we could do. Um, mm. He was just too sick to continue. Um, and his wife was, like, very hysterically upset, um, as was right but there was just no peace in that moment. A couple minutes later, like, we call his family, like, his whole immediate family comes in, and they're all just, like, very distraught. And it was just so evident that they're, like, the Lord was not present in that family, like, in that time of Mr. R's death. Um, and just kind of struck me to the core. And I was like, as a nurse, like, I can do nothing. Like, I cannot heal this person's body, but, like, I could go and, like, heal him or like heal his wife's relationship with Christ like 50 years ago so that in this like probably the hardest moment of her life like when her husband is passing away right in front of her she has peace and she like knows who her father is um and so just the thought of being able to show young women who Christ is so that on those hard days of their lives like they know who they are um and who their father is to make those times when I will be a nurse a little easier as well. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, I don't think you ever told me that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, going off that, what what truth do you most want to share with the students you're going to encounter next year? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of college students are, like, wrapped up in their identity of, like, whether it's their sport or their grades or their friendships or the guys that they're dating I know that that was a lot of struggle that I fell into as a college student of just like placing my worth in others or in my transcript um and not like really knowing who I was or whose I was 
Um, so the truth I would say is just that like you are a daughter and that's enough. Like you are loved and that's all that really matters. Um, and it's not like the jokes that you tell or like the way that you do your hair. Um, or like the number of guys that look at your way on a Friday night. Um, but like that doesn't matter and it's just like who you are and you're the father is beloved and that's it. Mm. That's my missionary. <laughs> Uh, okay I so this is a question that I'm wondering just like for myself not even just for the sake of a podcast but you led a bible study for I think three years Mm -hmm. at school and a lot of the girls who are in your bible study weren't catholic or even christian a lot of time so how how do you lead a Bible study? How or how did you lead your Bible study as like authentically Catholic without alienating the people who weren't Catholic or Christian? Yeah. Like how did you connect in that way? That's a that's a wonderful question. Um and I think it is kind of different, especially like for a focused campus to have non Catholics. Um involved and involved like as heavily as my girls were like still showing up week after week um and I like think in the beginning I really like tried to just do the focus model of focus gives you discipleship or um bible study resources and questions to ask and I think I did one or two of those layouts and I said oh no like this is not working for my girls because they just like don't know um And I think we spent a lot of time on just becoming friends first of just like talking about our days. We always did like happy crappies and that lasted like at least 30 minutes in the (laughs) beginning just because um, it was just we would ask questions about each other and like really get to know each other. Um, And through that, people would either ask questions about Catholicism or we would just share like I was really blessed to have at least one other Catholic girl in the Bible study at all times. Um, and that Catholic girl, like, changed and goes, and there was more Catholics and less Catholics. Not less than one. Um, but somebody that I could always be like, okay, bleh, like, how do you feel, like, that this relates to you? And, like, we could just kind of, like, talk about Catholicism because it was who we are, um, and it would come up. And then the other girls would just, like, be bold and ask. And those questions were just always met with, this is what I think. Like, how do you think about this? Um, So, yeah, definitely. I think I used to always preface, like, every single thing is, like, I'm not trying to convert you, but... (laughs) Or this is what I think, but, like, like, you're okay to, like, have your own opinions. And, like, that's totally okay here. Uh, Because all that really matters is that, like they are asking questions to like know the father better you know and like not trying to convert them um and not trying to force questions for them to be like oh I guess you guys believe this you know um Mm -hmm. and like not trying to alienate them for thinking other things um but first promoting that like concept of friendship where they feel comfortable like asking those questions and then also being bold and being like, hey, you want to come to Mass with me? And that's, like, Ooh. a scary question to ask somebody. It is somebody. a scary question. Yeah. 
Um, I remember the first time I asked one of my girls who was like going to mass if she believed in the Eucharist and I was so scared to ask that question because I think I like didn't want to feel the rejection of her saying no Mm -hmm. and she said yes praise God um but it was a scary question to ask um because I also didn't want her to like feel like she had to answer my way and I'd be disappointed if she didn't you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah being bold that is bold I yeah, I remember the first, was it the fir- probably the first time that I invited a non-Catholic friend to Mass in high school, mm-hmm. and she came, she came a couple times, and I just remember the last time she came with me, she was like, yeah, it's really weird, all the chanting and stuff is super creepy, and I was just, a little part of me inside was so crushed, yeah, <laughs> you feel it does, you don't want to be like weird but deeper than that it's more just like it is rejecting a part of you and it's like I don't know how to explain this to you without that meaningful framework and even the like you're saying the do you believe in the Eucharist that question's scary because I hate having to explain to people you can't receive the Eucharist and it's just such a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. yeah you have to do a lot of prep work too before somebody goes to mass. Oh yeah, like this is where this. If we open the book, this is where we're looking. You know. Yeah, you have to prepare them for what's yeah. for what's about to happen. Be like, this isn't your uh, this isn't your Protestant church service. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's and a lot more. Yeah, I think that can be awkward to just like do in the beginning, but I fear that if you don't do that, it would just like foster a community of like not feeling welcome. Mm. So. I think that's one of those times where you just have to be like, we're doing this, you know, because I love you, you know? (laughs) Okay, Liz. What is the biggest way that you have grown or changed in the past year? Ooh, that's a hot take. (laughs) What was I doing in the past year? I don't even remember. Okay, wait, give me some time to think about this. This time last year, mid-beginning slash mid-summer before senior year. Is this, like, faith or just, like, in general? Just however however you feel like you've grown and changed. I feel like I have been... Okay, I know, like, I always, this is, I always tell you this, this is, like, my pet peeve, but when people aren't confrontational, because I feel like this year I've really been working on, like, the ability to have crucial conversations, Mm. and to, like, do it with love, but also to, like, tell somebody how you feel, and to, like, ask for help, or, like, to provide help, and like we were saying earlier, like, asking those bold questions, um... And, like, having arguments is something Mm. I think I used to always shy away from. But this year, and I don't really know exactly why, um, but I think I've really, like, learned to provide, like, criticism or just, like, share my thoughts in a way that's not in a blaming manner, which I think I used to always do at first. Um, But, like, that you language versus, like, Mm -hmm. I language, I think I've, like, really tried to work on that with myself um 
and just like take that to heart and I feel like that's just made me like more confident in myself and like in my ability not to be in a situation where I feel afraid of like the words I'm gonna say Mm. um but to just like know like how to believe in myself and like how to believe in the words that I'm saying you know yeah no yeah I think it is such a gift when you find other people who have that ability to have where you can disagree with them and it's Mm -hmm. not a relationship breaking thing yeah like I remember I it was over winter break I was talking to a friend a second mic (laughs) and we were having I don't even remember how it started but we were having this disagreement we were really getting into it and I was getting so frustrated because I felt like he wasn't listening to what I was saying at all Mm -hmm. and I was getting like I'm one of those people where when I get frustrated like I get my throat starts to close up and I get a little teary and it makes I get annoyed because I'm like (laughs) like no and he he stopped he could see that I was getting emotional and he paused and he's like okay let's slow down for a second he's like I I feel like there's miscommunication happening here so you like will you explain to me what you mean because I I don't think I'm hearing you yeah and I was like what (laughs) like no I've just never had that happen in a conversation where it got heated and he was like okay pause you explain and then I like let it all out and he was like okay I misunderstood what you were saying this is what I thought you were saying here's how I actually feel after knowing what you said. And I was like, this is a whole new way of communicating. emotional maturity. (laughs) We love it. So good. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's something that, like, we're at that age now where... I hope that's not a secret. (laughs) Um, But it's just, like, you have to have those hard conversations. You can't just skirt away from them. You know? Yeah. No, crucial crucial conversation because otherwise you just you do the whole like oh if I ignore it it'll go away and then things just get weird Mm -hmm. and like awkward and eventually you have so many things that you've tried to pave over that yeah there's nothing left Justin's what is what is something really unexpected that you've encountered God in unexpected like how has God surprised me um I so I worked at Camp Twin Lakes for three years and when I like first signed up to go like the Lord wasn't on my mind at all like this was still like freshman year list like oh yeah I just like want to go because it'd be fun you know um and this is just a place where like the Lord isn't mentioned at all um like it is not a Christian camp in any means like pretty much the opposite of like they won't let you pray before meals together because they're like oh we don't want to assume anything oh like you can't make jokes about people's parents because you can't assume that their parents are together it's just love um and I think that just every year on staff people have just like known that I've been Catholic um and just like very much like responded to that very well I never like 
actively like said anything about like oh Catholicism is the best thing in the world you know how you do yeah of of course (laughs) but I think my staff just kind of saw me going to mass every Sunday like whenever I could um and there was just like one night that one of my like completely just random staff mates we used to make friendship bracelets all the time, and she made me a rosary, like, with friendship bracelet string, oh. and, like, wrote a really nice note and just, like, left it on my bed, and it was just, like, a very, like, this is a place where I wasn't really, like, encountering Christ, like, through conversations or anything like that, um, specifically, like, about him, and so, like, the Lord just kind of showed me, like, ha, huh, like, even here, like, where people don't talk about me, like, I'm still here, and, like, I'm still loving you, um, and it was just, like, not expected at all, but just, like, such a beautiful surprise, and then the next summer, like, kind of the same thing happened, and people were, like, you go to mass, like, that's cool, like, and one of my friends from camp started coming to mass with me, now he's becoming Catholic, and it was just, like, really, I wasn't expecting to encounter Christ, like, at camp when I first signed up, but it's just kind of funny how, because I'm there, like, it's a Catholic camp, because I'm Catholic, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Wait, so she, your friend who made the rosary, she wasn't Catholic? She, like, her parents were Catholic. She was like, oh, hell no. But she, like, knew what a rosary was. Like she she learned how to make it? Yeah. It was so cool. That's just so kind yeah it was i cried i was just like (laughs) i lost it a little bit it was so nice Mm. such unexpected kindness so good so good we love camp yes (laughs) is that it okay listen no i have one last question it's big brain time it's probably the deepest question Mm -hmm. if you could combine oh yes any two fruits to make a new fruit what new fruit would you make? I need details. Like, what? <coughs> which fruit would it resemble? A mix of both? What would it taste like? Okay. Important um, details. Okay. I love, like, how watermelon, you can just, like, eat a ton of it and not get full because it's just, like, watermelon. But I also really love the look of a pineapple and yellow is my favorite color like I love that so I think I would combine like a watermelon and pineapple but the problem with the pineapple is that it has this like center part Mm -hmm. that you can't eat so it would all like be edible but then it would have like the fun spunky like exterior of the pineapple and then you can eat as much of it like without getting full but it still like has that like pineapple zestiness you know mm. it's just like watered down but not in a like bad watered down way just where you can eat more of it kind of way yeah yeah and you can like bite it you know like some fruits you can't really like bite satisfyingly yeah. but you could like bite it in a way that like when you bite watermelon it like releases the the juice into your mouth you know mm. mm-hmm yeah, I would hope... That sounds so good. It <laughs> really does, because I, I love pineapple. It might be my favorite fruit, actually. And the idea of having, like, a watermelon, but you crack it open and the whole inside is pineapple, and just having those nice slices, because pineapples are hard to cut. Yeah. It's just too much work. It so is. to be able to just crack it open and have slices of pineapple just sounds like the best thing ever. It really does. 
I know it's not exactly it, what you were saying, but that's how I would visualize this combination. Is it, can we just make it pre-sliced already? Yes. Okay, Boom. cool. Done. Yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. Let's do Amazing. It. So good. So good. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yay! Liddy, Liddy, Liddy! <laughs>